Hello, and welcome to episode number six of Pelican Records. We're blasting through them. Um, and today we have El Presidente himself for not much longer, but I think by the time this goes out, you'll be in your last few days. You'll be on the home straight um, nearing the end. How is that feeling? I'll be staggering across the finish staggering line. across the finish line. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be, it'll be a victorious end, I can foresee. Hopefully. <laughs> we hope, we hope. Okay, right, well, um, we are going through Matt's music today. Matt has done a lot of homework. Matt has sent me notes on his songs, which I'm very impressed by. Um, and I've been told that this is going to be a journey. So brace yourselves, everyone, because this is going to be, I'm sure you're all feeling emotional at the end of term. And this might be the emotional journey you need. Who knows? Um, so as per normal, we're going to play a little bit of each song and then have a chat about it. So the first song is, would you like to introduce it? There's a Rolling Stones track called Give Me Shelter. Okay, here we go. Okay, so that was Give Me Shelter, which is quite a, uh, a dark way to start, as we've <laughs> just identified. We were just talking about some of the background of that song, and I feel like we'll leave it to you guys to go and look it up. But basically, it's pretty kind of violent in tone, right? And it's quite, like, it's driving. It's really, really driving. So... What is it that you really like about it? Well, firstly, I had to start it off with this because I think Bill Nye starts his Desert Island Discs. With oh, my God, does he? Yeah. Oh, strong, and very he's a, strong. He's just a massive Stones fan. He has like two Stones tracks on his Desert Island Discs. So I thought, oh, I, thought I, should, I should copy Bill and start off with it. Copy Bill. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what this song does for me, I just can never get enough of that rhythm guitar part. You know, Keith, Keith Richards just constantly going along at the bottom it sort of drives the song forward massively and i don't know it's got it's got that slightly like satanic stonesy vibe that they like just do unbelievably well yeah yeah and it suits their vocals so much like their vocals are so like it's not like actually screaming but there's something so like um yeah quite aggressive about <laughs> like Almost i love the stones but yeah, yeah 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 but you were saying that this is probably one of the only bangers on the album. So is it a song that you kind of listen to as a standalone song rather than yeah, I don't really listen to an album song? I mean, you, you listen to Exile on Main Street as an album. Yeah, okay. Um, or, I don't know, the one with the one with Brown Sugar on it. The really famous album cover of, like, Mick's Bell and, like, okay. Beans. But this, yeah. this, this, this is just a standalone song that, yeah, it's all about yeah. how scary the world is. <laughs> God. And it opens the album, so sets the tone, in theory. Yeah, it's... Just quite full on but it is it, good everything about it is just like i mean from i know a rock song's perspective everything is perfect like the guitar solos and then the mary clayton yeah like, yeah murder, it's just a shot away that bit is just it just sends it into the stratosphere yeah and i don't know you like if people listen to it there's a point in it where, you, where her voice cracks and you can hear like mick in the background going like woo Oh my god, I love that. That's so cool. Well, I was just reading as well that she like it was really last minute that she sang at all on it. Like it was like a last minute late night recording session basically and it was but I I love how kind of like organic that makes it. That's just so cool. That just makes it so much cooler. Um and also we were saying that it's kind of sad, like modern music, there are just you know, long intros just aren't really a thing anymore because everything's made for radio. Um, everyone like wants a hook quite quickly. Um, 
and I, I love songs that have big intros. Like I love songs where the instruments are as much as the vocals. Um, and yeah. especially for like, especially for a first song actually on an album, I actually think it's really important because you need to like establish the sound before you establish like anything else, I think. Um, I just thought of another one actually, um, you know, Stone Roses, doesn't their yeah. first ever album start off with I Wanna Be Adored? Oh my god! It's just yes, the biggest build up. Ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm an absolute sucker for that kind of thing. Yeah, and my, I'm sure my parents would be yelling Genesis at me right now. <laughs> Say, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't bring them up again. Um, okay, I think that is our. Yeah, I think we've dealt with that sufficiently. Um, pretty full on. Right, the next song. What is the next song? This is a complete complete change of vibe. gear shift um yeah it's called summon the fire by the comet is coming okay i don't know this oh it's gonna hit you hard uh -oh. turn it up oh god okay <laughs> imagine how that's like written and put together do you know what i mean i can't really imagine that being I think Born. it's very like jammy. Like, yeah, jammy I think it must be. Playing around, which is what I mean. That's what jazz is. Well, yeah. yeah, but it's just so cool because it doesn't strike you. Like, obviously, there's a lot of jazz elements to it, but it's not like straightforward, you know, jazz. I just think it's maybe it's just because it's a sound I'm not so like familiar with. Um, I was just reading that all the genres that the comet oh. is coming is under on Wikipedia, and it's so jokes. It's like all the weird ones: psychedelic rock, space rock. Funk rock, electronic rock, mm. new jazz. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Well, I mean, if I'm, you know, the thing about this song was, um, it was a couple of summers ago, I went to this festival just north of Cambridge with um, a few people from our year. And it was, this, it was this jazz festival called We Out Here. But it wasn't just jazz. It was trying to marry together jazz and house music. Sort of. So cool. Um, and it, you know, Lots of people are obsessed with genre, but we saw a guy there who actually said sort of like, this isn't about genre. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just listen to the music and see what you make of it. And this song, um, the guy who introduced it, Giles Peterson, said this band, like The Comet Is Coming, are the, the, the only people who've really managed to put together jazz and house. Yeah. And just make it sound unbelievably it's epic. It's sick. It's so what, cool. And that's what they managed to do with this. And it just, it's oh absolutely God, epic, epic especially live. It absolutely like captivated me. Yeah. I, and yeah, Lily got tickets for us to go and see them in Bath my twenty first, which was really I can cool. just imagine like the bass live must be so cool. Mm. But like do they have so you know how the sound of the saxophone was quite like distorted? Because when it first came in I was like, What is that? Do they do that yeah, live? That's so cool. That's so so cool. I just think it's yeah. Amazing. It must take such energy to perform that as well. <laughs> they must be like knackered, either well, knackered or high, like well, <laughs> potentially both. They really dig up like the space, like the B, like B movie space idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Galaxy Quest or Flash Gordon, something like that. So they all dress up in like these ridiculous sort of kind of like, you know, 70s um, outfits with like loads of sparkles. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah sharp edges and they look oh totally God, amazing they like ziggy stardust that type thing that um, is so cool though and it's nice to actually have something on the playlist that's just like instruments <laughs> instrumental yeah. we haven't had much of that um yeah it's really 
And the other thing about it is it just, I love the way they control the energy, like the way it just like builds and then goes Yeah. Down. I think it would, um, I, if I get given a bop set before the end. Oh, like, I was going to say, I can kind of imagine bopping to this. Like, but it is so fast, like... Yeah, it's... I don't have to hold tight. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, as long that. as there's like a warning before you play it, people are like, <laughs> make sure you've got your inhalers at the ready, kids. Like, <laughs> it could be an intense one. Um, yeah, I really like it. Not come across them at all. So definitely going to go and have a bit more of a look. What, what is their other stuff like? Is it largely like that or is it well, varied? For me, well, for me, their other stuff, they've only, produced, they've only released two albums, I think, or like two sort of, ones that I've listened to and it's it's nice to listen through what listen through once but that song you know some of the five is the only one that I keep coming back to yeah otherwise they very much are a band that I would recommend if you want to get an idea of them overall you have to go and see them live okay you yeah go down to Brixton yeah or like they, they do, I, they, I think they're going to come to Oxford but I think maybe that it was after the pandemic struck but because they're not they're not that big yet, you know. They could, yeah, they could, yeah. You could get them into bully or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. And I asked during the song, but like, when do you listen to it? Like, it's gonna be about for what occasion? Two forty-five in the morning. <laughs> Pitch of the scene. <laughs> Shut the curtains. Get out. Get out. Portable speaker. Turn up as loud as it will go. Hope that I don't hear. Yeah, exactly. Wake me up. Yeah. Let's hope I'm deep asleep by that point. Yeah, yeah. I think I can't really imagine it being one that I would like put on um, at pre's. I think it's a personal listen, that one, late at night. Yeah, definitely. Okay, right. Next song. What is next? Okay, yeah. So I didn't realise how much I enjoyed space related music, but I thought we'd go now from. Space jazz to the star man with a bit of David. Oh, Bowie. yes. Um, Such good song. Oh, you, oh, you pretty thing. Oh, I love this song. Okay. There we go. Bit of David Bowie. Don't we love it? We do love it. We do really love it. I love David Bowie so much. So, why did this song make it? Well, obviously I love Bowie, and my mum is obsessed with Aww. him. She like she looks like Bowie in her younger days. Um, <laughs> you know, like she, she went for the mad hair. Would she be all. flattered by that? Or? Um, <laughs> I reckon, I reckon she would be. Um, but this song particularly, firstly, just because you know I love it, but it's obviously very hard to pick a Bowie song. Like you'd be saying, you prefer Life on Mars, but it's also like Changes, mm-hmm. Starman, all of them. Oh, they're brilliant. Yeah. The thing about this song was that. Um, you know, I, I, um, I tried to play on the piano. Thanks. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, the, like the, the chords, like, the way your hands move, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it made me, I don't know, it made me, it sort of brought home to me just how unique he is. Especially, yeah. like, not just, not just the music, but also his voice. Like, try and get many other people to sing yeah. that, and it just sounds really weird. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And the song itself is, like, so you were saying like how disjointed it is and like yeah it's really cool you're not quite sure how it's like been put together um yeah i love it but i'm not quite sure um what mood like quite often with david bowie songs i find that like i don't have to be in a particular mood for it it can kind of just i just enjoy it for the music you know what i mean like i make playlists of moods but i feel like i'm not really sure where he'd sit often because it's such an interesting, unique sound and such interesting, unique kind of vibes. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just there's, 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 with this one, I feel like there's sort of you sort of jump from image to image. Like you yeah. start off in your house, you're like home, put another log on the fire. That's really cute and comfy. <laughs> but the next thing you know, all the nightmares are coming true, and there's a crack in the sky, and I'm going to down for me, and that, and then there's talk of the golden ones. And yeah, you yeah. Sort of, I don't know. There's a combination there of horror film, but also. I don't know, something a bit Lord of the Ringsy, sort of like Greek myth, golden ones. I, I, yeah. love, I love it when you sort of get a hint of unknown mysteries. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're into like this nursery rhyme chorus, which is yeah. pretty things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, and it's chorus. so like catchy as well. But the piano is doing like, it's such a like little, um, oh, I can only do it with my hands, which obviously no one can hear, but it's this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, from yeah, yeah, exactly. But, it's so bouncy. It's so like jaunty. It's yeah, yeah. And I feel because <laughs> I mean I looked up what the lyrics mean and I was confronted with this is about how the young will collude with aliens to remove their parents and establish homo superior. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, which if that <laughs> if that is the sort of meaning, it's just so far away from that. It was a bit like Maxwell's Silver Hammer. That yeah, the day, I think it's like I think if that is the meaning, then it's all the creepier for it because it's so like it's saying all these things with a smile on, like yeah, it's exactly. just like it's so you can twisted, like, like a clown playing. Yes! Oh my god! Yeah, literally. And yeah. There, is, there is a little bit. I feel there is a little bit like Pennywise about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 completely, completely, just a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, I love it though. It's a it's a catchy chorus, even if it does mean strange, strange things. Um, but there you go. Yeah, I'm glad David Bowie made it. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of it actually in it. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah, like the kids. Oh my god. And like, and like Pennywise. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Never listen to it the same again. No, neither will anyone else. <laughs> Probably scarred people. Um, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. You can never listen to David Bowie in the same way ever again. There you go. Right, we're moving on to another song that I very much approve of. Um, because you introduced me to the song, so yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, this this song's um. By, by a guy called Isaac Gracie, who used to be a choir boy. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, I, I request that people listen to the demo version oh, <laughs> of this okay. from the album Songs from My Bedroom. Yeah, so this is, this is a song called Terrified. I love that song. I haven't listened to it a while actually yeah it's funny though because i've listened so much to the album version that i'm really used to like a it's bunch of polish. yeah well and there's just also a bunch of other kind of like riffs that have gone in like there's this bit that goes do 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 that i'm really used to and i was like where is it where is it <laughs> it's really funny how you get so used to all the parts of parts of a song beyond just the song you know um yeah, yeah. it's an absolutely incredible song and I also think, so that was the demo version, obviously. I really get the vibe that when he was doing that demo, I still feel like he must have written that quite recently because it feels like it was written really recently. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of being sung as if it's still pretty pretty raw for him. Um, yeah. It is a raw, raw song. There's a, um, yeah, there's a lot of vulnerability in it. I mean, I uh, when I was preparing for this, I sort of listened to them all in my room with my headphones on last night and... This song, more than ever, just gives me chills every time. Yeah. And, you know, it feels like a revelation every time you hear it. Um, you know, I, I don't think I could listen to it every day because it just, yeah. it, it, it's so draining. But, yeah. you know, I, 
especially for people, you know, for people, you know, when you're about 21 going mm-hmm. through this period, you feel like you're walking a tightrope mm-hmm. where you just, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, but you also feel like you could fall off at any moment and it could all go to shit. Mm-hmm. That song. Yeah, completely. And what's strange is that we just freaked ourselves out because I was looking up and something, some page about him hadn't been updated and said he was 21 years old. And I was like, surely not. Like, please don't let him be younger than us. That's really going to like him and make us feel so depressed. Um, but he's not. He's 26, so it's fine. But when that song was written, he would have been much closer to our age. He would have been um, younger than actually probably. Because I, yeah. I, I heard it. So I first heard it at a festival in Bristol in a pub with him. Oh my he, he God, get, amazing. He get, he his guitar in tune for it, which is hilarious. And also his guitar. His guitar is out of tune on that as well. As well. <laughs> it, it suits it. But yeah. yeah, that must have been, I, was, I must have been about 17. Yeah. And like, everyone just like went quiet. I'm like, Jesus. Holy hell, <laughs> what yeah. What just heard. Absolutely. Yeah, but I had um, I had a music teacher who said that actually, if you want a room to like shut up and listen, you just have to start playing like playing guitar well, and everyone will go quiet. And he does he does play it beautifully. And actually, I think the funny out of tune sound like makes it all the more kind of it makes it all the more kind of raw, haunting. and it feels yeah, it is haunting because it's just slightly jarring. And it feels like it's been done very kind of in the moment. Like it feels like he didn't spend lots of time setting up or anything. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with actually those vocals that go over the top, the kind of R's that go over the top. They're quite, um, they're quite kind of rough and ready still. And I guess that is just because it's a demo, but I do kind of see why you love this version more than the polished version. But I would highly recommend the album that that comes from because it's an absolute banger of an album. I would absolutely yeah. love to see him live so much. Um, yeah, I did also look up the video just now, and I wouldn't look that up because it's really creepy. Mm. I mean, as you'd expect for the song. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love, um, I think Running On Empty is like one of my favourites from that from yeah. that album. I listen to that quite a lot. That's a good, I don't know. I mean, it's still not really a pick-me-up song, but I love it for like being so like driving, you know. Yeah, um, yeah a very good song. Oh, such a good choice. Oh, right, okay, well, after the emotional... Yeah, I think it's time to... I think, get, get everyone, get I think let's pick everyone back up, yeah. So, I'm just, you know, this is, this is going to be a warm and cuddly one. Um, well, well, we'll talk about it. It's, it's Louis Armstrong, um, We Have All The Time In The World. <laughs> oh. Had some beautiful vocals from Matt that you all missed there. It was really, really lovely. Yeah, I'm doing um, Yeah, Louis Armstrong is here in the room. Um, oh, that was quite a mood change that I think we needed after the last one. I love his voice so much. It's so, so rich and quite appropriate as well because everyone kind of associates him with Christmas, of course. So, um, yeah, why that one? Well... It was between this song for me and Otis Redding's Sitting on a Duck and uh, oh, a yeah. But the thing that made it for this song is it's quite personal for me. Like, um, since since like, I was very young, we go in summer, like every summer to New Yorker as a family and chill, like stay with another family. And we we bought like the James Bond CD collection. Oh my god! For all the for all so all the theme songs. And, you know, we'd get out of the airport, get the car, slap it in, huge. <laughs> da, 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 
Oh, that's together. really nice. And of course, this track comes from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'd always try and sing it. I'd Aww. always mother it. My brother would always tell me to shut up. Apart Aww. from the trumpet solo, he rated my ability to <laughs> the hand trumpet. Um, yeah, so it was all, this was like a song of, I know, childhood safety yeah. for me. I love that. I love how you can associate a song so much with like a mood. It's really funny because we... Um, Time of life, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. But we, we quite often went through a phase of like driving to church with like a particular bunch of kind of like Motown music on. And now it gives me such strong like being at home vibes. And then it was funny actually because um, our friend Meg is has got Meg, Meg finally got a shout out she'll be very happy about that um, <laughs> um she has like a big Motown playlist um and it always gets whipped out around summer so now it's got a whole load more like associations of being like at Port Meadow or like yeah you know on the roof terrace or things like that it's funny how it's kind of it's kind of changed um well, yeah I don't know if you find this but um those songs those like real songs that sort of like make you feel like you're a I don't know seven eight year old again they, they take on like a slightly melancholic feel as you get older. Because yeah. you look back at them and you're like, God, life is so simple know, and yeah. nice and, you know, comfortable. Yeah, very much so. I mean, that's probably me having a nice childhood. <laughs> 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 no, else, no, 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 no. Yeah, this was this in, like so. a song of safety and then as you get older. And it, it's sort of almost particularly true for this song for me because as I got older, I actually watched and fully understood on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like unbelievably sad in that yeah. because... Um, Tracy, Diane, Diane Rigg has just been shot after her and George Lazenby get married. Um, and it's just like the saddest moment. Isn't yeah. It? You know, so it's kind of taken on a whole new Yeah, music. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not. Because the song plays at points throughout the film when they're falling in love and you're like, oh, it's lovely. And yeah. at the end, you just get that like, colossal sound yeah. from... Well, and now, the, and now the song is so like, so much darker all of a sudden because they really don't have all the time in the world, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. But yes, I know what you mean about about stuff that you kind of associate with. With being, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I do know what you mean when you kind of things become a bit bittersweet because, mm. yeah, they're associated with a time that's it's interesting that's gone well, by. You know, I'm, I'm a massive I'm a massive Bond fan. I don't know if I'm boring listeners, <laughs> <laughs> but but my two two of my favourite Bond films are On Her Majesty's Secret Service and Casino Royale. Both the ones where like Bond actually falls in love. Yeah. And then oh, gets... Casino Royale. Oh my yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, Casino Royale is a different level to On Her Majesty. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> um, yeah. But similar. That is something else. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Well, this is an, a movie podcast. You know, I should probably. I was about to go off on one about Casino Royale, but maybe not right here. <laughs> maybe then we will be boring listeners. But um, yeah. Oh, such a. I just love his voice though. It's so kind of. Mm. Um, warming and like yeah. yeah getting a good hug from louis armstrong and that's all yeah it is it is it's like yeah. a bear hug yeah definitely definitely and it can just be there kind of in the background it's such a nice um yeah i mean it's obviously got beautiful lyrics as well but it's such a nice mood setter i think that song um yeah lovely good for a sunday afternoon when we're recording this so there you go right and now not surprisingly yeah not surprisingly my, my final track I mean, this is this is the song that I've just not stopped listening to um, ever. Uh, it's Supersonic by Oasis. Here we go. But yeah, no, I want it. I want it on record that I wish that 
Uh, guitar solo at the end would just never end. Just never ever end. Well, I was just saying that it ends on a fade, and Matt said, well, it's got a fade because you can't, you can't actually it. end it, it's which so is true. Weird. I can kind of imagine them actually when they were recording it, just like carrying on playing for a very long time beyond. <laughs> and like the producers probably sat there like, can you please shut up? It. I wouldn't know how they recorded it. I mean, Noel's a control freak, so he might be playing every single instrument. In See, that, it feels like it's voice. recorded. If okay, well, do you want to explain the story of how it was recorded? Because it's an interesting well, I mean, recording story. You, you can never, you can never trust Oasis. Let's be real. Um, yeah. But according to their biopic Supersonic, which I watched and got me into the band colossally around the time I was doing my A levels, like, I just became totally like worryingly obsessed. But apparently, yeah. So they were. This is their first ever single. They're heading the recording studio. They've got so many good songs to choose from. From definitely, maybe. But Noel's like, you know what? Let's write a new one. Puts it together in twenty minutes. I think the quote from the uh, from the from the film is: "As long as it takes three guys to get a Chinese, <laughs> put it together." Oh my god, amazing! They just had that chord at the start, messing around with it. And yeah, there you go, super. Smart. And that's how it was born. What a statement of intent, though. Yeah. <laughs> also, just so bold. Like, if that's your debut single, yeah. to just like shove something out that didn't even have that much time and like there's a lot of funny everyone should go and look up like the song meaning for this because there's so many hilarious attempts at understanding what it's about um but it is a bit it's a bit nonsense it's just kind of like oh it's nonsense though yeah it's just all in the sound really so i guess i mean it's a good bit of a statement in terms of what their sound's going to be i guess i mean yeah like you can read like read into it i tried to work out the meaning of what the meaning of the lyrics was and it's sort of stuff about a dog that had a tummy ache, which is why I know a girl called Elsie she's into Alka-Seltzer, something like that. Oh my god, let's find it. Where um, is it? It's it's totally random. Uh, you're not meant to you're not meant to listen to it for the lyrics. I'm gonna I don't want to be too um, authoritative in this, but you listen to it because it's just. Well, I think such you are. Our, yeah. You're our resident Oasis expert, so I think you probably do have the authority to say it, to be honest. But yeah, no, it's, it is for a mood. It's for a good mood. Like, you get it, the growling guitar and then that, 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 that chorus, you know, my friend, oh, it's yeah. like a catapult getting wound up. It's so oh, good. Yeah. And it does define their sound. Like, that just, like, distills everything that Oasis sounds yeah. like Rip ever. Pop had arrived. Yeah, yeah, completely. I do love it. What other Oasis songs could have made it? Well, or was it a pretty straightforward well, well, choice as well? Well, the thing is, like, definitely maybe is my, you know, if you're an Oasis fan, it's normally you're a definitely maybe or a Morning Glory. And right. for people who don't know, Morning Glory is the album with Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger. Uh, definitely okay. maybe is the album of um, Live Forever, Cigarettes and Alcohol. And I'm a definitely maybe fan to the, to the very end because, I don't know, that album is just all about, it's what they're about, you know, they're just like a bunch of, you know, guys from Manchester who like just discovered that they've got the perfect groove yeah you know, the two brothers and that uh liam and noel and their, and their relationship and then they put out that song they then put out shaper maker which some people like i think it's rubbish <laughs> <laughs> they rip off a coca-cola ad for an entire verse oh my god like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony i think that's the coca-cola ad and then coca-cola actually banned it oh my so they had god to come up with the lyrics again but then after shake and make it they put out live forever and that is you know one of the great songs i mean it, live forever could have been could have been, could have been on, been on this it's just a personal thing that i chose supersonic instead. yeah i mean live forever is probably a better song yeah but, but i um, think also like given you are such a fan i feel like it feels right that you chose their debut single but it is crazy because it's like to have i feel like that song has so much confidence and it's yeah. weird thinking that they were yet to be like oasis do you know what i mean you know they were yeah. 
they'd worked out they were good. It was just kind of a case of waiting for like the rest of the world to like, find it. I mean, as, as like a YouTube junkie who would like, who I basically like, I've watched every single live performance of this song on YouTube. At that stage, they were like the real deal. They put in so much effort at that point. Yeah. And you could tell that they were unbelievably well um, uh, well drilled. Yeah. And then they sort of got more and more famous. Firstly, Liam, I mean, Liam's voice is at its peak for this song. It's sort of like a yeah. downward progression because he sings like an absolute idiot. And he's <laughs> destroyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous amount of drugs and alcohol. Ruined his voice totally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the live performances of that song around this period, since 1994, are just... Insane. Insane. Like, going to an Oasis gig at that point, I mean, that would probably be, if I could go to a single gig, it would be there. It would be that. Yeah, like, Earl's Court or South End in 94 or 95. Yeah. Crazy stuff. A very good way to end. Mm. You have also... It's funny, because we, we've all been saying how hard it is to get it down to, like, six or seven songs or whatever. Like, it is tough and you feel like you haven't done justice to a whole bunch of people um but you did actually write down what the near misses were what do you think was the nearest miss well i was upset that i didn't get a, any song with like uh you know female vocalists in this so uh, i was trying to find a way to get in walk away by christina aguilera yeah. or dangerous woman by ariana grande like the walk away is just like oh my god like that and terrified on the same yeah, yeah, podcast. yeah. I mean, people would just be collapsing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dangerous Run is an absolute banger. I'm also, you know, I, I'm so, I'm so, I, I'm an all like a total 60s and 70s, late 60s, early 70s. It seems like all, I, you know, I wish I was been alive then because, you know, Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, Lenny Casket Band is probably my favourite album. LSD, you see the Skull and Diamonds. Yeah. Um, and then The Doors, their first album with Crystal Ship. Uh, break on through to the other side in the end that is just an unbelievable album yeah big album person then <laughs> it's rare like it's so rare that we listen to albums now it's so sad like yeah. i think yeah i think spotify and apple music and everything have kind of changed us <laughs> um i mean it's cool it's cool that you can now effectively make mixtapes in 30 seconds like that is cool but mm. i feel like it does make us it sort of makes music so like disposable like mixtapes so used easy. to be yeah. used to be such a kind of effort like you had to sit there for hours and really really care about it and listen through all the songs yourself it's really funny um, you say that because for my for my 18th birthday like my best my best mate tom um, actually made me like a proper mixtape, like, like so tape nice. recordings, yeah. and actually getting that, we had to put it into like a tape recording. This so like, exciting! Oh, like, yeah. What's this all about? And like the stress of like doing physical damage to your playlist, like <laughs> you know, there was only one. Um, yeah, it's really strange. Whereas now it's nice. Like I've been trying to do playlists for my family kind of in the feeling of it being more like a mixtape where I'm quite strict about how long it's going to be and everything but it is yeah we just I wish that I had the kind of breadth of knowledge of all the albums that are attached to all the songs that I love because there are so many songs that I love but I know that I love them um probably just because they've been thrown to me as a single song by Spotify which is a shame um and I think I yeah I think it's easy to get a bit lazy about the music that you're mm. listening to, you know. Cause... I, I, I mean, I certainly do. I don't really listen to albums enough. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, if you look at this list, I wouldn't say that it's come out of me loving the album itself, apart from definitely maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did try to go for some albums it's on really my own. A lot has come out of live, live, live music, actually, looking looking down. Yeah. There. Like, I, I, I really recommend, you know, if that can be what my 
Yeah. Obviously, you know, get out there once the pandemic's over, go to O2, down Cowley, or to Buddington, and actually listen to some live music. Yeah, because I do actually think that's another thing that's kind of... I don't think it's the case everywhere, but, like, there are certainly singers that I can't imagine would be that spectacular live, but it's just because they basically got an incredible production team behind them and they've got a good face. <laughs> like, And it feels kind of sad that actually... And that's not true, of course. There's obviously plenty of really good artists out there, but I do just sometimes find it frustrating that some of the stuff that you find um, is popular music is kind of stuff that yeah. is... That I mean, the yeah, but I feel like you've come out with a playlist that's actually very, like... Okay, maybe not. I don't know. No, I think it is fairly kind of coherent. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, um, I think it made sense to put those six together for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, a good playlist, good stuff, and Thank you can you. of course find it on Spotify, everyone, because we'll put it there um, for you to have listened. Um, yeah, I think that's us. Oh, Episode well. six. Thanks a lot. I'm going to finish my lunch now. Yeah, <laughs> that's taking you a long time to eat. Well, I'm, I'm still eating. Well, fortunately, I don't think anyone had to hear that because we contain the eating to the song part. But anyway, I hope everyone is having a very nice week. Um, happy Christmas. Happy Oxmas. Um, although I think that's done and dusted by the time you listen to this. But happy Oxmas. <laughs> um, hope you're all enjoying packing and getting ready to go home. Um, I know I am. <laughs> I think we're all shattered by this point. But yes, have a lovely week, everyone. Um, and I guess probably see you after Christmas. Um, yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye guys.